today, Rinpoche gave a very clear presentation of the reasons why all the causes and conditions must be present in order for one to become a Buddha. <laughs> Between he and I, we the Puyik Sumja. Sumja, Jiju, Jiju. Jiju, okay. Buddha Martin, Sumba, Jiba, Jiba, the Marbe. Sumba Sajin, Jiba, love his own songs. Okay, so um, just to let everybody know where we are, um, we are now on page 85, uh, if you turn into the English. Um, it's going to be a new chapter. It says an introduction uh, to the six perfections. Let me just make sure here. Yeah, that's exactly it. So uh, we are now in category number three of how to learn the bodhisattva deeds after uh, developing the spirit of enlightenment. So uh, if we go back um, <clears throat> just as a note uh, and look at the, at the outline, the actual outline of the, you know, the various sections, uh, we see one showing that developing the spirit of enlightenment is the only entrance to the Mahayana. Number two, how to develop the spirit of enlightenment. And then number three, how to learn the bodhisattva deeds after developing the spirit of enlightenment. Hey, Terry. Uh, so these are the three categories uh, that we'll go through when we're looking at um, this great vehicle section or three uh, great scope section. And specifically now we're turning to the third category of, of once you uh, develop the spirit of enlightenment, how you learn the bodhisattva deeds. Uh, so, uh, number three, the Ewa Som Kanga Lasso. So, we are now looking at the section which is how to learn the Bodhisattva deeds after developing the spirit of enlightenment. And there's going to be three categories uh, that are contained under that major heading. First, the reason why you must learn the trainings after developing the spirit of enlightenment demonstrating that you will not become a Buddha by learning either method or wisdom separately, and then three, explanation of the process of learning the precepts. Uh, so these are going to be the three categories um, that explain that major heading. Uh, so this is the section of the text where we get into the six perfections. Uh, so the six perfections of uh, ge uh, generosity, uh, ethics, um, uh, patience, uh, um, let me write it down. I can only do it in my mind. So if we, uh, the six perfections of uh, um, generosity, 
um, ethics, uh, constant, uh, concentration, uh, patience, concentration, wisdom. What am I missing here? What do I have? Oh, effort. Zundu. Okay, so the six perfections of uh, generosity, uh, ethics, patience, effort, concentration, and wisdom. Uh, and uh, that's a first. Uh, so those are the six, uh, six perfections that we will be going over. And if we look at the mind that aspires to enlightenment or the spirit of enlightenment, where we say to become a Buddha for the sake of, of sentient beings, just this mind itself is not enough. One has to then uh, engage in the six perfections. So this becomes the process necessary in order to become a Buddha. Um, so just the, the idea of wanting to become a Buddha for the sake of others isn't enough, and that's when we get into the actual effort um, of engagement. And, and when we find this, the six perfections, and then sometimes it'll also be explained in terms of ten perfections, uh, but here we're finding the focus will be on those six perfections of uh, uh, generosity, uh, ethics, uh, patience, um, effort, concentration, and wisdom. So uh, this will be the uh, crux of what we go over um, in this section. Disa. So we find uh, reference to the six perfections in uh, Nagarjuna's um, precious garland uh, where it, it explains what comes from these six perfections. So it says from... Uh, um, from generosity comes the enjoyments, from ethics comes happiness, from, from patience comes beauty, from efforts comes charisma or presence, uh, from concentration peace comes, and from wisdom, the uh, Intelligence, so from wisdom comes intelligence. So uh, here it's from wisdom comes intelligence. I was trying to figure out, how because it's wisdom comes wisdom. How to, so it's actually the word intelligence is used. So from wisdom comes intelligence. And here this is the wisdom related to the abandonment of the afflictions and the afflictive, uh, uh, and, and when we look at them in, in total, we see the afflictive obstructions and then the obstructions to omniscience. So it's the wisdom that realizes how to abandon those two uh, negativities. Um, so we find uh, this quoted 
uh, in Nagarjuna's precious garland that from uh, ethics happy uh, ethics I'm sorry from um, from generosity uh, comes enjoyments from uh, ethics comes happiness from patience comes beauty from effort comes charisma from concentration becomes peace and wisdom begets or uh, from wisdom comes intelligence uh, so here uh, we find um, that then Chiran de Longshu Dande de Dunda Lasoe. No. Chiran de Longshu Gare. Jimbi Longshu teaches this. Longshu Gare. Longshu is not. Jimba Dunal then the Longshu is reaching with this. Reaching. Okay. Reaching with this. Then De, Dewa, Gare. Jimbi Longshu teaches this and not Dendro, Dendro. Dendro Hadam. There's on the Chutinla tending with this. Motujin, Chutinla Jemes. ね、ちょっと、ジェンビ、もう一度読むです。で、ね、ジュパ、で、ゼポ。ジェビンダンデンセンダンデンズ、イドンワ、ウェンドブルンゴです。ジェビンダンデン、ジェンビジェ。ジ
Um, so it's what one becomes attached to, basically, just when we look at what the word pairing is in Tibetan. And then from effort comes presence or charisma. So this uh, presence, um, 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 presence meaning like, uh, just to explain presence, the word choice, uh, when someone walks into a room and it's clear that they're someone important, that's the charisma that this is talking about. So it's not only charisma in the sense of that they talk and it sounds good, it's this presence uh, that they naturally possess. Um, so we don't really have a good way to translate. I've been spending a lot of time on words lately, and we don't have really a, the best translation for this because charisma seems like it's just a characteristic, but it's more than that. It's an innate feeling that you get just by seeing that person, that they're important. Uh, so prestige, presence, charisma. Um, concentration is referring to single-pointed concentration when we speak of it in terms of perfection of wisdom, perfection of concentration, rather. And this type of concentration, this ability to focus, gives rise to future peace of mind, uh, not a busy mind, having the ability to have this calm mind. And then the wisdom comes intelligence, and again, this intelligence of understanding how to negate uh, those abandonments and so forth. And we can even uh, look at this further. Uh, we look at the first statement from uh, generosity comes the enjoyments. Enjoyments, we can say, if we look at enjoyments and specific enjoyments, so if we look at wealth, we see wealth, we see there are those who have a large amount of wealth, people who have a medium degree of wealth, people who have a very small degree of wealth, and that's a direct result from the degree of generosity that was engaged in. So from a great degree of generosity, a large amount of wealth is, is produced. From a medium degree of generosity, a medium amount of wealth is produced. From a small amount of generosity, a small amount of wealth is produced. So when we see the varieties of results, and we, see the, and we use just this one result, look at wealth, we see that wealth has various levels, and those levels are determined by the degrees of their cause. ก็สุดเลยถ้าเฉพาะสุดเลยแบบนั้นนี่ดีละดีดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชงละดีชง
the, we say happiness and we say an example of happiness are the higher realms of cyclic existence. Well, in the higher realms of cyclic existence, there are levels. There are the, uh, um, um, and so we say the greatest level of um, happiness um, gives rise, it was created by the greatest degree of ethics. The Rimache, the Yanjasurana, the Okay. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure it wasn't specific to gods, demigods, humans. So it's Rimache is saying the experiences of the higher realm. So the experiences of the gods and the experiences of the humans have various levels. So there are those great levels of happiness experienced um, by the gods and the humans, um, and those are created by a large degree of ethics. There are medium levels of happiness um, um, enjoyed by the uh, gods and humans, and those are created by a medium degree of ethics, and then there are small, small levels of happiness enjoyed by the gods and the humans, and those small levels of happiness are created by small degrees of ethical behavior. So this is how we see the varieties of results manifest. Digsung. <laughs> So the next is uh, from uh, from patience comes um, uh, attractiveness, or becomes uh, from patience comes attra an attractive nature or beauty. We'll use uh, so. We can even say that when we look at people or we look at a uh, form, uh, actually Rinpoche said when we look at form, we can see that form has various levels of beauty. Um, so the greatest degree of beauty is, uh, greatest level of beauty is created by the greatest degree of patience. The medium level of beauty is created by a medium degree of patience and a small degree a small level of beauty is created by a small degree of patience. So we see these varieties of results and how they manifest. Um, and then the next, uh, from effort, uh, comes presence or charisma. Um, sometimes even it's translated as character, but then just you have to read into that. Um, so uh, there, when we look at objects or uh, we look at um, humans and, and gods, uh, we find that there have various levels of this presence or charisma. Uh, and the greatest level comes from a great degree of effort. This medium level comes from a medium degree of effort. And the small level comes from a f small degree of effort. So we see these varieties of, of, of experiences and results and so forth and how they manifest. That's something that Jesus, 
Then concentration. From concentration comes peace of mind. Peace of mind has various levels. A great level of peace of mind comes from a great degree of uh, concentration. Uh, um, from a medium level of peace of mind comes from a medium degree of concentration. And a small level of peace of mind comes from a small degree of concentration. Uh, so we see um, how these varieties of results manifest um, and how peace of mind is caused by this concentration, um, but there are levels of, of peace of mind based on the levels of concentration that we're um, engaged in. Okay, so lesser, lesser. Uh, and then we look at happiness. So there are various levels of happiness. So it says, um, I'm sorry, uh, from the younger student on the room, Shay. Okay. Uh, so from wisdom comes intelligence. Uh, so we can say that there are various levels of intelligence. So the highest levels of intelligence is the Buddha's intelligence. It's that the wisdom or intelligence that has abandoned the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. Uh, so when we say um, the intelligence, the most intelligent is a Buddha, um, and that is because he or she has the intelligence which abandons those two things. So we could say that from that comes the... that is caused by the greatest degree of wisdom. So the greatest degree of wisdom causes the greatest level of intelligence, which is the Buddha's intelligence, which is the intelligence which abandons the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. There are, is also then, we could say, a medium level of intelligence, and we would attribute that to the Prachika Buddha, or the solitary realizer. We would say that that level uh, of, un, um, of intelligence in relation to abandonment um, would, would be a medium level, which came from a medium degree of wisdom. And then when the, the intelligence that the hearer has, the shravaka has, in, in terms of abandonments, um, that's the smallest uh, um, level of intelligence related to ab abandonments uh, in this framework. And that comes from the smallest degree of wisdom. So these varieties of intelligence, um, peace of mind, presence, uh, attractiveness, um, uh, uh, happiness, uh, and enjoyments all have varieties of levels and degrees that come from degrees of, of, of cause. Okay. <laughs> Okay. 
So we find the source of this uh, point we are making in Nagarjuna's precious garland. Um, but when we divide um, phenomena into categories, we divide them into three. The first category is manifest phenomena, the second category is hidden phenomena, and then the third category is extremely hidden phenomena. So when we say these points about from the, the quote, you know, from uh, generosity comes enjoyments, from ethics comes happiness, etc. Uh, what is this phenomena? What is this understanding? So is it manifest? No, this isn't something that's manifest that we can just see the relation and understand the relation of cause and effect here. Uh, is it something that is hidden phenomena? Hidden phenomena is phenomena that can be realized through dependence upon a correct sign. So uh, by utilization of analysis in a correct sign, can this be understood? Uh, and this answer is no. This cannot be understood by use of a correct sign of proof or correct proof. Uh, the only, so therefore, since it's not manifest or hidden phenomena, it has to fall under extremely hidden phenomena. In extremely hidden phenomena, one has to rely upon a quote from scripture. One has to rely upon a source. Um, and this um, is an um, inference through faith that takes place here. Um, so the only way one can understand an extremely hidden phenomena is through this inference through faith, which, is relying, which relies upon an indicator. And here, this is the quote from Scripture. Uh, the quote here is from Nagarjuna, um, but um, as a translator's note, we find that in sutras as well. Um, so Nagarjuna is quoting sutras. So this is that's a translator's note. So all of these. Um, um, so that's it. Okay, deep sir. That you should not hear do don't catch it to the deva ina, and to the lies over this. The one not to the lies, long shook no lies over this. La wager or the that I'm usually the shader or did that terrible dot moment was ah. So all different groups of people would have a different idea of how these things come about. So this is what we as Buddhists say. This we say that, um, so we say from generosity comes the enjoyments. Um, and this is how we explain the varieties of level of enjoyment. Um, so if we were to ask the same question to a Christian or a Hindu, uh, he or she would say that God created these varieties of levels, um, that this is a, a creation of a, a God, an external creator. 
It would be very interesting, and, and I know that it has been asked many times of scientists this question, but then specifically the question of there are, we can all through direct perception agree that there are varieties and levels of enjoyments. Um, so we and scientists could agree on this one point. So then the next question is, if there are these various degrees of enjoyments or levels of enjoyments, what are their causes? Um, so <coughs> some, um, and what causes this person to have this degree or level and that person to have this degree or level? Um, so when we're, when we're looking at this question, that's inferred. It, it, you know, when we're saying levels of enjoyments, um, we're saying that's inferred. This person has this level of enjoyment, that person has that level of enjoyment. Not just level of enjoyment, because that's clearly cause and effect. That cost more, so you paid more. That's not, as the translators know, what we're talking about here. We're saying, we're asking a scientist this, you know, we all concur, we all can see that these, these various peoples have various levels of enjoyments. Why are there levels? And so that's the question, Rinpoche said, would be interesting to ask. You know, because the question of, of where things come from has been asked, but then these very varieties of things, and what are their causes specifically? What causes these varieties of levels? So we state that from ethics comes the happinesses. And, but then happiness, there are various levels of that humans. And, and so, I remember she didn't say that. She just said in the higher realms. So the, the higher realms have various levels of happiness. So what would a scientist say to that? Why are there these, why are, do people have these various levels of happiness? It's, the reason I'm putting people in is there has to be a, uh, someone who has the happiness. There ha it's it's an assumed within it. There's a possessor within it because it's not something that occurs without a possessor. Um, so it's assumed within this dialogue that there's a possessor who has this happiness and a possessor who has that happiness. Uh, why the various levels? What the so again, and from this, uh, um, from patience comes beauty uh, or uh, attractiveness. Uh, but the, the, there are these various levels, it seems. So we would then ask the scientific community, uh, why are the, there are these various possessors of these various levels of of beauty or of attractiveness? What <laughs> Less so. 
ਤੋਂ ਜੀ ਦੁਗੋ ਤੂੰ ਜਿੱਤਾ ਆਉਂਦਾ ਲਤੇ ਨੇ ਤੂੰ ਜੀ ਤੇ ਆਪ ਜੰਗੇ ਸਾ ਸੋਨਾ ਬਸ ਲਤੇ ਨੇ ਇਹਨੇ ਛੇੜੋ ਤੂੰ ਜਿਮਤਾਨ ਲੋਸ਼ਨ ਜੋ ਆਲਾ ਸੋ ਬਤ ਜੁਗਾ ਨੋ ਲਈ ਚੇਨੇ ਸ਼ਿੰਦਗਰੇਸ ਤੇਨੀ ਖੁਨਾ ਇਸ ਜਹਾਸ ਬਸ ਵਾਟ ਤੂੰ ਕਲੈਂਡੋ ਗੁਮਦੇ ਸੋ ਥਿਸ ਇਜ਼ ਸਮਥਿੰਗ ਥੈਟ ਕੈਟਾਗੋਰਿਕਲੀ ਫਾਲਸ ਅੰਡਰ that which is extremely hidden phenomena and if we look at uh, aria davis 400 verses uh in the 280th stanza uh we'll find just anyone who's looking for quotes uh i'm just adding it in there we find uh, it says whoever doubts what the buddha said about that which is hidden should rely on emptiness and gain conviction in him alone uh so here it's saying to rely on something that can be established by uh, proof correct signs and reasoning and then by coming to the uh, realization that that uh, hidden uh, so emptiness is hidden so hidden can be realized by correct signs um so once you recognize that that hidden phenomena is correct then that will then direct you towards the other things that are extremely hidden so uh, uh so here uh, that which is hidden is referring to extremely hidden um so here's whoever doubts what the buddha said about that which is extremely hidden should rely on emptiness and gain conviction in him alone uh so that's from arya deva's uh, 400 verses um so what does this mean what is the uh um emptiness refer to and it's what uh um we're referring to in the sutra of the heart of transcendent knowledge where it says a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound parjamparamita should see in this way seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature um so this is what um uh, emptiness is uh, um as presented in the sutra of the heart of transcendent knowledge and arya deva is saying that once you come to understand the conclusions made there what that means uh, then you will come to uh, to recognize that those extremely hidden things so emptiness is hidden those extremely hidden things are, are true as well okay dixon pecho jisab na de le tu na la mo le jisin la jisu pa pa yes ne shi tu ko ju tu ko le tombo ne de ba ji de ab shi mo tu ji ta da le ne de ba ji tu ab ngai sa su na ne no le de ne yi chi ne ne shi ko tu tu shi wo re tu na la mo le jisin la jisu pa pa yes ਜੇਸ਼ੀ ਦੇ ਕੋਜੀ ਦੇ ਸੋਰਾ ਦੇ ਤੋਂ ਕੰਗਲੋ ਨੇ ਸਾਜੀ ਕੋ ਸੋਲਾ ਇਹ ਚਨੇ ਸ਼ੇਗੂਰੇਸ ਸੋ ਵੀ ਫਾਈਂਡ ਇਨ ਅਮ ਪੈਂਸ਼ਨ ਚੀਚੀ ਜਾਫਾ ਦੇ ਇਨ ਦੀ ਪ੍ਰਮਨਾ ਵਾਰਤਿਕਾ ਕਾਰਿਕਾ ਅਮ ਬਾਈ ਡਾਰਮਾ ਕੀਰਤੀ ਵੇਰ ਇਟ ਸੇਸ ਬੇਸਡ ਔਨ ਦੀ ਐਕਸਪਲੇਨੇਸ਼ਨ ਆਫ ਥੋਸ ਵਨ ਕੈਨ ਅਸਰਟ ਥੈਟ ਦੀ ਐਕਸਟ੍ਰੀਮਲੀ ਹਿਡਨ ਐਕਸਪਲੇਨੇਸ਼ਨ ਇਜ਼ ਟਰੂ ਅਮ ਸੋ this is referring to once you come to realize that what the buddha stated about the four noble truths and he alone stated about the four noble truths and other things you will come to understand that all of his pronouncements were correct um so uh, this is what is meant uh, in the con- that context of the pramadavartika karika uh, is based on those explanations uh, <coughs> you must, uh, come to the conclusion that the extremely hidden conclusions are correct as well ਸਾਜੂ ਜੋ ਸੇ ਜਿਨੇ ਸ਼ਿਰੂ ਗੰਦੇ ਬਤ ਯਾ ਜੋ ਤੇ ਸਾਜੀ ਲਿਵੇ ਦਰ ਮਰਵੇ ਸਾਜੀ ਲਿਵੇ ਆਰੇਸ ਤਾ ਤਨੇ ਵਤੇ ਗਾਸੂ ਮਦਨ ਹਾਲ ਚਾਜਾਬਾ ਦਿਨੁਲ ਚਾਜਾਬਾ ਇਨਾਇਆ ਅਨੇ ਸੁਤੀ ਨਬਤਾ ਬਿ ਜਿਜੋਂਸ ਤੰਦੂ ਕਿ ਜੋ ਤੂ ਸੁਤੀ ਦਰੇਸ ਸੁਤੀ ਲਾ ਤੇਨੇ ਦਿਨੁ ਮੇ ਦਜਾਂ ਤੂ ਆਰੇਸ ਠੀਂ ਚਿੱਦੇ ਮੇ 
Um, so there, uh, this is, is something that has, there has to be a practice of the six perfections. And then it, another emphasis is placed on ethics in general. Um, so we have the various types of ethics that are presented um, um, uh, in, in literature. So then there, another point is just made about ethics. Um, so it's the practice of, of these aspirations that are stainless, a practice of ethics, and then a practice of the six perfections. Um, so this is what is necessary uh, in order for uh, there to be a, an arisal of a human basis. So it's saying that it's very difficult to have this basis from which uh, one can even uh, practice. Um, so going back to the six perfections and going back to uh, Nagarjuna's um, precious garland, uh, it says from generosity uh, comes, uh, comes the... Um, uh, the enjoyments. But what we really mean if we look at it in the, the complete context uh, would be looking at this as follows. We, we would look at it and then fill within our minds in these blanks. So we would read it as um, from generosity comes the various levels of enjoyments that one can have. So, uh, so this is the first point. And from ethics come the various uh, varieties of happinesses of the higher realms of cyclic existence. Uh, so we would say that from, from ethics come the varieties of happiness. And from patience uh, comes the varieties of presence or charisma, or the various levels of charisma. Um, so these various levels of charisma um, come from uh, these... Uh, um, <coughs> Uh, uh, come from um, effort, and and there should be a parenthesis put in from the degrees come from the degrees of effort. So there's degrees of effort create these degrees of presence. <coughs> these so we could we could even put that in there as well. Um, it's inferred, but in, in a complete sense, put that in. And then from concentration. Uh, um, there are these levels of concentration or degrees of concentration and from that we have different levels of peace of mind that come about and from uh, these different levels or degrees of wisdom uh, perfection of wisdom we have the various um, levels of intelligence that occur um, so these are all um, assumed within it that, that that's what's going on that these, these, these degrees of this are creating levels of that um, that are concordant with, <coughs> the, the level is concordant with the degree. Um, so a greater degree creates a greater level and so, so forth. Um, so uh, this is how we would come to understand uh, the quote from the, the precious garland. What that Zivilogia treated over there, Mudu Shin Kasa, you see it down that then to go is, you see it down that to go. So how could we say um, the subject from generosity comes the enjoyments? Um, how could we establish this as truth? we would establish this as the truth based on inference through faith because it's quoted in Nagarjuna's precious garland. 
is understood as truth because it is presented um, as such uh, and can become and one can arrive at inference through faith because of its presentation and letter to a friend. Um, so now we have this human basis that from beginningless time we see, we can think about like how did this occur um, and it's difficult that we have this human basis and this will then give us a thought that in the future to obtain this we have to engage in this similar type of effort uh, in order to obtain it again in the future life, in the future, future lives and so forth. Um, so, uh, if we can think along these lines and, and uh, address in this way, then our future lives uh, will, will be good. We will have a good experience in our future lives. Okay, so in the Tibetan, we are on this 340. So we're on, uh, again, we're going back to the, the, the uh, Lamrim Chemo, uh, page 85, and it, we'll, I believe that's where we're going to be when we're just starting in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we have the third category now, uh, how to learn the Bodhisattva deeds after developing the spirit of enlightenment. And then there are three categories. First category, the reason why you must learn the trainings after developing the spirit of enlightenment. Second, demonstrating that you will not become a Buddha by learning either method or wisdom separately. And number three, explanation of the process of learning the precepts. Uh, so these are the three categories um, that we will go over. What <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, we'll go through now uh, the text. So category number three, again, so just as a note, looking going back to the whole section, um, there are three major uh, headings, um, uh, and this is the third. Um, so how to learn the Bodhisattva deeds after developing the spirit of enlightenment. Three categories. The reason why you must learn the trainings after developing the spirit of enlightenment, de demonstrating that you will not become a Buddha by learning either method or wisdom separately, and number three, explanation of the process of learning the precepts. So these are the three categories, and we begin with category number one. The reason why you must learn the trainings after developing the spirit of enlightenment. It is indeed the case that great benefit comes from mere development of the aspirational spirit of enlightenment. So the idea that wanting to become a Buddha uh, for the sake of all sentient beings. Uh, so just this wish, this, this desire, aspiration to become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings without learning the trainings of generosity and so forth. So it's saying that there's great benefit from just that, this aspirational bodhicitta, aspirational spirit of enlightenment. So let me read the sentence again. Rinpoche stopped right when we start. He started to just explain that, so so did I. It is indeed the case that great benefit comes from mere development of the aspirational spirit of enlightenment without learning the trainings of generosity and so forth. Consider in this regard the passage from the life of Matraya cited earlier. However, you still have to practice the bodhisattva trainings. If you do not emphasize this practice, you will never become a Buddha. So learn the Bodhisattva deeds. Thus the foremost of Gaya says, and there's a quote then from uh, the foremost of Gaya, um, enlightenment is for great Bodhisattvas who take practice to heart, but not for those who take a wrong practice to heart. Dikshamche. What the quote of Gaya? Gaya is 
So this is a sutra Rinpoche is saying. Um, Mm-hmm. Kobatakinjiroa. <laughs> ドバネ<音楽><音楽> Shiva Shanchu Sendu and 
So there are going to be three categories under this first um, section, and um, I'm just trying to get through it. Uh, I just want to make sure it's clear. So the first category will be this all. It is indeed the, the case that great benefit comes from mere development of aspirational spirit of enlightenment without learning the trainings of generosity and so forth. Consider in the, this regard the passage from the life of Maitreya cited earlier. However, you still have to practice the bodhisattva trainings. If you do not emphasize this practice, you will never become a Buddha. So learn the bodhisattva deeds. Thus the foremost Gaya uh, says. So this is, um, Gaya is referring to Bodhagaya. Um, and this is where uh, the um, historical place of uh, the Buddha's enlightenment took place. Um, so this is So the Dalai Lama is now giving a teaching uh, in Tanda, Shao Rinpoche. Oh, good. The uh, Dalai Lama gave, just gave a, t- a teaching uh, in Bodhagaya, I guess. Um, and so anyway, this is a place, Bodhagaya, um, and it's a sutra that the Buddha, so that means a pronouncement of Lord Buddha. Enlightenment is for great bodhisattvas who take practice to heart, but not those who take the wrong practice to heart. Um, so I was just looking at um, um, uh, the, the Tibetan quickly, and I, I think I might be wrong, but this word where the word heart is, it's the word for essence that's being used, and it seems like it could also read um, that practice this essence, not the wrong essence. Um, so, uh, so just as a side thought, because um, it's just all in the translation, um, it, it reads in a way also like it's saying that the heart part here is the essence. And what the essence is, is I asked Rinpoche, he said the teachings of the, the Bodhisattva and so forth, all of these practices that lead to Buddhahood, um, not the wrong ones. Um, so uh, so that, that's what the meaning of this is. Um, and then it says, in the King of Concentration Sutras says, uh, therefore, take practice to heart. Why, O Prince? Because when you take practice to heart, perfect enlightenment is not hard to attain. Um, so um, again, uh, here it's saying that this practicing, this essence. Um, so again, it looks like practice to heart. It can be translated this way. Um, these or these uh, pra- these essential practice take these as essential practices. Why, oh Prince, when you take these as essential practices, perfect enlightenment is not hard to attain. Um, so I just think it could read like that. Uh, and then it says practice. Practice means the method of achieving Buddhahood, i.e., learning the Bodhisattva trainings. Uh, um, so again, uh, what Rinpoche s- explained about this practice uh, above. 
Um, so practice means the method of achieving Buddhahood, i.e. learning the Bodhisattva trainings. Then Rinpoche, the Ewa Tambo, the Gonrim Long Yure. Okay, so the second, the, the next. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, reasons that are going to be presented under this first category, the reason why you must learn the trainings after developing the spirit of enlightenment, we've completed the first of the reasons. Uh, so there'll be three reasons, um, and we've completed the first. Uh, so on page 86 in the center, you see the quote from the stages of meditation, uh, and that's the... Uh, uh, where we're going to Then 
The Nampa Mayimba? Tanya Tujukujiba, Tishiba and Kawaiis. That Nampa Shiba Kangal Jiba in Jiruta. Don't get the Bazukuju, the Baraluku, the Judiana, Shiba Lashi to Mare, Nampa Lashi to Marwa. Don't get the Bazukuju, the Bazuzu, the Abaneduena, and the Shiba Lashi to Ure, Nampa Lashi to Urwa. What danger was? Tanya Tujukujiba, Tishiba and Kawaiis. The Shepa Gawa Su, Gariena? Shepa Gawa, don't get about the Kunju de Balsunro. What to look at Shake of Maribe? Okay. Good day, London Gumbal and Sunro. What to look at Shake of Rosa? Susul Kuduchina, and the end she to Maris. Okay, okay. Judeni Maribe, Judea. Don't get about the Kunju de Bindabuta. Good day, the Ladajin Devo. Tende. What to Sunro? Okay. So, number two, category number two, uh, we have a quote from Kamala Shila's uh, uh, first stages of med uh, meditation. So, we look at Kamala Shila's stages of meditation. Uh, there's the small, medium, and great. So, there's the um, sp small, medium, and great. So, this is the small. Um, it's also sometimes uh, translated as first, second, and third, but that's not really correct. Um, so, um, uh, so first work, so anyway, there's three different categories, um, uh, small, medium, and great, first, second, and third, but this is the first section of Kamala Shila's text that we're talking about here, um, and it says, the bodhisattvas who have thus developed the spirit of enlightenment understand that without disciplining themselves, they cannot discipline others, <coughs> and so involve themselves in the practice of generosity and so forth. Without practice, they will not attain enlightenment. So here the point being made is, is that without practice, practice of what? Practicing the bodhisattva trainings, which are the six perfections. So here it's stating that without a practice of the six perfections, one cannot become a Buddha, and one cannot become an example by which others will be disciplined. Um, so, in order to discipline, you have to be disciplined. Um, it, uh, to lead, in order to be example, you have to have become that example. Um, so, uh, it says, so involve themselves in practicing generosity and so forth. This and so forth is referring to the other five perfections. Uh, so, there are six perfections. Um, this is just a way to shorten it. And, but... Um, it's certain that the other are in there. So it's saying that um, it's not possible to become a Buddha with, with leaving any among those six perfections out. They all have to be practiced. Uh, and it says, and Dharmakirti's commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition says, um, in order to destroy uh, suffering, the compassionate work at actualizing the methods, it is hard for them to explain the methods and their results when these remain hidden to them. Um, so I asked Rinpoche, the them, the them, is this all speaking to a non-Buddhist? Rinpoche said, no, it's speaking to everyone. Who, so um, uh, it, it, the word them, um, based on what Rinpoche is saying, um, maybe be maybe misleading a touch. Um, it's hard, to, uh, um, in order to, let me look at it another way. In order to destroy suffering, the compassion, compassionate work at actualizing the methods, um, it is, hard, yeah, it is hard to explain the methods and their results when these remain hidden. That's it. It should be then when these remain hidden. Um, so, because then it, 
it doesn't point out a separate. It points out an, a, a whole, anyone who this is hidden to. And that's what Rinpoche is saying it means. Anyone who this is hidden to, anyone who doesn't know what the method is. And here, the method is, is recognizing the cause and effect relationship of the Four Noble Truths. So recognizing that we have this, the Buddha stated, this is the superior truth of suffering. This is the superior truth of origin. So in dependence upon the method of uh, origin, suffering's created. Um, so the method of afflictions, karma and the afflictions, then the, then the um, uh, suffering is created. And in dependence upon path, cessation occurs. Um, so one understands that it's hard to, for them to explain, it's hard to explain methods and their results when these are hidden, remain hidden. So if you don't know that suffering is, has a cause and that cessation has this pathway to it, then if that's hidden to you, then it's not possible uh, to really destroy suffering. So it says, in order to destroy suffering, the compassionate work at actualizing the methods. Um, so if you don't know them, then it's not really possible to destroy suffering. So it's saying it's hard to explain the methods and their results when, the, the, when these remain hidden. Um, so it's just saying that you have to know um, this relationship but the cause and effect relationship that's been presented in the Four Noble Truths in order to move forward and destroy suffering. So there's four ca uh, chapters in the commentary um, on, the, on the Compendium of Valid Cognition by Dharmakirti Rinpoche said. This is, the this is found in the second chapter. So the second chapter of the commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition is some very it's similar to the um, Lam, uh, great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment in that it's written very beautifully. So, um, going back to Dharmakirti's, uh, the second chapter of the commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition, in order to destroy suffering, the compassionate work at actualizing the methods. It is hard, it is hard to explain the methods and the results when these remain hidden. Um, so, Rinpoche went on to, uh, to say again, if you are a Buddhist and you, you don't know what the Four Noble Truths are, or you are not a Buddhist and you don't know what the Four Noble Truths are, then the method to destroy suffering is hidden to you. So it's not possible to explain it to others if you don't know it. So here it's just saying that, uh, and it's speaking to, Rinpoche said, this is the superior truth of suffering. This is the superior truth of origin. This is the superior truth of cessation. This is the superior truth of path. If you don't know what those mean, and th then, then the meaning of them, those things are hidden to you. And if the meaning of those are hidden to you, Buddhist or non-Buddhist, 
you won't be able to explain the way to destroy suffering or destroy suffering for yourself, for yourself or teach others to destroy it. That's wrong, wrong. Uh, to understand it for yourself or teach it to others, whether you're Buddhist or non-Buddhist, if it's hidden to you. Sewala so when we're practicing the essence, we, we have to um, make sure that it's a non-mistaken essence. Um, so, uh, Okay, the Nipa so the Damando Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Okay, so we're just getting the break points um, from Rinpoche. Uh, so number two appears to go from uh, the first stages of meditation, quote, it says the bodhisattvas who have thus, Rinpoche reread all of this, so the bodhisattvas uh, um, who have thus developed the spirit of enlightenment, understand that without disciplining themselves, they cannot discipline others and so involve themselves in practice of generosity and so forth. Without practice, they will not attain enlightenment. Um, so the, the necessity of practicing the six perfections if one wishes to achieve enlightenment. Um, so the bodhisattvas have to, if they um, have the spirit of enlightenment and wish to become a Buddha, also then go and engage in the bodhisattva deeds, which are the six perfections and so forth. And then Dharmakirti's commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition says, in order to destroy suffering, the compassionate work at actualizing the methods. It is hard for them to explain the methods and their results when these remain hidden to them. So the method of actually practicing the path the, the superior truth of path, which then allows one to achieve a true cessation. So if the understanding of the Four Noble Truths is hidden, then one isn't able to understand or explain it. And it says, those who have great compassion for others feel the need to relieve others' suffering. Okay, this is where... It's to relieve it, the kind thought, may they be free from suffering, <coughs> is not enough. They must engage in the methods that will bring it about. Okay, so that's where number two ends. And then number three, now if they do not first engage in the methods themselves, okay, Digsung, Sumba. Sumba Dayan. Sumba Dayan, Mondo, Rani, Totella, Majubar, Majubane, and then Tomber Rani, Dunga, the Batukunu, the Malazo, what is going to have Shiba Jogures, Majubane. Ruba 
Okay, so um, I was just asking Rinpoche about this um, practice, you know, taking the practice to heart, because uh, it almost, it also looks like practicing the essence. So I'm, I don't know why I'm stuck on this, but um, uh, so I'm just trying to find out if, if it's talking about an actual individual or the, the teaching, because, you know, if it's an individual taking it to heart or practicing the essence, it just seems to me to be slightly different. Um, so either way, um, so now going to number three. Now, if they do not first engage in those methods themselves, they will be unable to free others. Therefore, if you want to work for others' welfare, you must first discipline yourself. In reference to this, the King of Concentration Sutras says that you should take practice to heart. Practice is said to be learning the training and the precepts associated with the bodhisattva vows after you have taken them. Therefore, it is important that you are not mistaken about just what is entailed in taking practice uh, to heart. Um, so here, again, if one does not understand or know the truth of path, the truth of cessation, um, then it's not possible to free yourself, and if you are unable to free yourself, you are unable to free others. So the only possible way that one could free his or herself, him or herself, is by understanding the superior truth of suffering, the superior truth of origin, the superior truth of cessation, and the superior truth of path. Without knowing that, it says now, if they do not first engage in those methods themselves, they will be unable to free others. Because if you can't free yourself, you can't free someone else. Therefore, if you want to work for others' welfare, you must first discipline yourself. So if you want to take on these bodhisattva deeds, these values of the great vehicle, then it's necessary that you um, uh, work on the, those presentations yourself and are not mistaken about them. Um, so uh, if, the, if there's a mistake, it doesn't work. So it has to be non-mistaken in order for it to work. So it says, therefore, if you want to work for others' welfare, you must first discipline yourself. In reference to this, the King of Concentration Sutra says that you should take practice to heart. Practice is said to be learning the training and the precepts associated with the Bodhisattva vows after you have taken them. Therefore, it is very important that you are not mistaken about just what is entailed in taking the practice to heart. And so I asked Rinpoche again about this, and he was saying that once you learn these and you study the differences and come to understand it truly, then at that point you have done this. And it says taken the practice to heart, or I guess taken, practiced its essence. So it could be translated either way, but um, what it means is, is 
what this phrase means, no matter how you translate it, is that you have understood it completely yourself so that you are able to free yourself so that you could free others, so that you are able to abandon your own suffering and know how to do it so that you could explain to others how to do it. Um, so um, that's what this practice it to heart is means. It means. Tanya Basa did all that. Sent in the Joel Logubi Jutin, Tosia the Royal Lobby, Sanji Mundubas, or the Niba to Madiba. So now we move on. So we've we're finished with the three categories of uh, number one, and now we're in number two. Uh, number two is demonstrating that you will not become a Buddha by learning either method or wisdom separately. Niba did that. Sanji Tuban Debe. Sanjitubandebe ne <laughs> So number two also has uh, three categories. Um, so uh, demonstrating the first category, demonstrating that you will not become a Buddha by learning either method or wisdom separately. It is not enough just to want to attain Buddhahood. You must engage in the method of achieving it. This method has to be unmistaken because no matter how much you strive on an un unmistaken path, you will not obtain the result, like milking a horn in the hope of getting milk. Let me read this again. It is not enough just to want to attain Buddhahood. You must engage in the method of achieving it. The method has to be unmistaken because no matter how much you strive on a mistaken path, you will not obtain the result. It's like milking a horn in the hope of getting milk. I get it. I read it wrong, I think, the first time. Or maybe I didn't, but my mind did. The tambo kabaka, the ra, the... <laughs> I was joking. I said maybe Chandrakirti could could do that. There's a story of Chandrakirti milking a painting. <laughs> Something like that. Well, yeah. Tene. Tambo. 
Nipa Tambo, then Nipa Nipa Gutso. Okay, uh, so the Gorin Baba Long Kanga, the Nipa Gorin Baba, the the Long, the the Kanga Kangi Long, the Nipa Gorin Dombro, Gorin Dombo Gorin Dombo Nibare, the Gorin Nipa, you know, the Long Kanga, the Nipa Yin, Nipa Ewasom, Nibare, Tambotsa, the Ni, okay, two China. Okay, so um, now we get into the second category. Um, of this. Even if the method is unmistaken, 
If it is not complete in all particulars, striving will not bring the result. Just as the absence of a seed, earth, water, or the like will preclude the production of a sprout. Thus, the second stages of meditation says. Um, So when we look at the production of a sprout, it's necessary to have all of the conditions and causes present. If one of them is missing, then the production of the sprout will not occur. So likewise, when we look at Buddhahood, we have to have all the complete factors present in order for the arisal of Buddhahood to occur. And there can't be any incomplete uh, things. Everything has to be present. So uh, it says, if you earn... Now we have a quote from the second stages of meditation. It says, if you earnestly (coughs) strive at a mistaken cause, even a tremendous amount of time will not bring you the desired result, like milking a horn. A result does not come from an incomplete (coughs) causal complex, just as an effect like the production of a sprout does not happen when something like the seed is missing. Therefore, someone who wants the result must depend upon an unmistaken and complete set of causes and conditions. So, it doesn't matter um, what we are talking about, if we're talking about it in terms of Buddha, or if we're talking about it in terms of not Buddha. Um, just like uh, if you want a sprout to arrive, <coughs> the seed can't be missing. Uh, if you want milk, you have to milk something milk comes from. You can't milk a horn that milk doesn't come from. So it's necessary to be very precise when it, we are looking at what causes a specific result. And there have to be very precise causes and conditions that are present and all in order, in order for a result to be produced. So it doesn't matter if we're talking as a Buddha or non-Buddha. Any compound thing (coughs) that we're talking about requires this. So if any of parts of a compound's causes are missing, that compound can't occur. Um, So likewise, if we are looking for uh, Buddhahood, then all the complete set of causes and conditions have to be present in order for that to occur. There can't be anything missing whatsoever because if there's a missing part of the formula, then what that formula creates won't be created. Um, So that's the point uh, that's being made here. And I'm not entirely sure um, if that's the stop point on two or not. Um, We'll find out in a moment, I think. Yene Nipa Kabaka Rimbache. Nipa. The Gomrim Lung? Nipa Dua Teresa, Nipa Dendua. Nipa Dela Nipa. Nipa Tasha the Rolla. Tabby Sonja Madubala, Sonle, Tombo Manus Chazon, Lujus. Nipa Dela Ludu Gaba. Somba Dela, Jibi Langaba. Then <laughs> Then 
Okay, so we believe number three then begins here. Um, she's checking it out for us, though. What then is the unmistaken complete set of causes and conditions? Vairakana's great enlightenment discourse, so this is a tantric text, uh, states, Lord of Secrets, uh, so this is speaking to uh, um, Vajrapani, uh, Lord of Secrets, the sublime wisdom of omniscience comes from the compassion as its root comes from the spirit of enlightenment as its cause. It is brought to complete completion by method. Um, in regard to this, I have explained, I have already explained compassion. The great, I don't know if Rinpoche read further from that. Um, so anyway, what, let me go over what we did, Rinpoche went over. When we look at um, the spirit of enlightenment, 
uh, we can divide it into two categories. There is um, conventional spirit of enlightenment, and then there is ultimate spirit of enlightenment. So conventional spirit of enlightenment is the regular spirit of enlightenment or bodhicitta that we always think of um, um, through the practice of giving and the other perfections. May I become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings. So this posturing, this idea of wishing to become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings is conventional spirit of enlightenment. Um, this idea, this wish, um, this is what the conventional spirit of enlightenment is. And as a translator's note, could also have a vow, but it's this conventional, regular spirit of enlightenment. Ultimate spirit of enlightenment is actually not spirit of enlightenment. Um, it's called that, but it's not spirit of enlightenment. It is the spirit of enlightenment that is abiding at the time of the direct realization of emptiness at the path of seeing, at the path of meditation, no more learning. So it's that spirit of enlightenment at the time of the direct perception of emptiness, that is ultimate bodhicitta. But it's not actually bodhicitta um, because um, it, it is just nominally designated as that. Um, because at that point, there's just as a translator's note, bodhicitta is, citta is mind, impermanent. At that time of the direct realization, there's not an impermanent situation. Uh, it's just a direct realization of emptiness going on at that moment. So the type of bodhicitta that one has at that moment is ultimate bodhicitta, but it is not actual bodhicitta. It's not, it's not consciousness at that time. It's not considered uh, bodhicitta. So when you debate it out, it's actually... Um, so um, ultimate bodhicitta is bodhicitta, yes. I mean, uh, conventional bodhicitta is bodhicitta, yes. Ultimate bodhicitta is not bodhicitta. Yes, it is bodhicitta because it's called bodhicitta. It doesn't necessarily mean that. So if it's called that, it doesn't necessarily mean it is that. Uh, so something can be called something and it not mean that it's that. And as a translator's note, if you call your dog lion, it's not a lion. Um, so uh, it's just named as bodhicitta, but it's not bodhicitta ultimate bodhicitta. So that's the differentiation. Oh, yeah. uh, um, so uh, we're actually out of time. Um, I think I completed all of the points. Rinpoche will make them again uh, if I didn't, um, but it's just showing how uh, that the root um, of omniscience, the root of um, everything is compassion. It says it comes from the spirit of enlightenment as its cause. Uh, it is brought to completion by method. So the spirit of enlightenment itself uh, is necessary, uh, and um, all the causes and conditions must be present in order for a result to occur. Uh, so here we're running through all of the necessities in, that have to be present in order to become a Buddha and the differentiations between the types of bodhicitta and so forth. So we're going to end there. If I omitted anything, I apologize. This Sumba Yin, Chiran so Rimache is saying that uh, there's an actual definition. I don't think I I may or may not have it. If I don't, then we'll just next time, next class we'll go over it. But there's actual definitions when we look at the uh, Prajnaparamita teachings. Uh, there are actual definitions of um, 
I know I have it, of, uh, reg of conventional and ultimate bodhicitta. Ultimate bodhicitta, a principal consciousness uh, of the continuum of a great vehicle, in the continuum of a great vehicle superior, which falls into the category of a great vehicle wisdom, in which the dualistic appearance with regard to the mode of subsistence of complete enlightenment <coughs> has disappeared. Um, so... It's the bodhicitta that's happening at that time that is ultimate bodhicitta. So I'll read it again. A principal consciousness in the continuum of a great vehicle superior, so in the of an arya, someone who's seeing emptiness, which falls into the category of a great vehicle wisdom. So it means that the person is a bodhisattva that is having that wisdom at that moment. So it's a great vehicle wisdom in which the dualistic appearance with regard to the mode of subsistence of complete enlightenment has disappeared. So the idea of subject and object. So this dualistic appearance uh, of, of this mode of subsistence of complete enlightenment. So the idea that complete enlightenment is truly established is gone at that moment. While that's happening and you have bodhicitta, it's called ultimate bodhicitta. Well, I'll do that. Okay, Rameshe said that's fine. Kontriwa, um, you're a... I'll go with that. What meaning? Be, but there's before that you have that ultimate bodhicitta. Right. You have that in so Paragate, Parasamgate, you have it on both Paragate, Parasamgate, and Bodhisoha, you have uh, ultimate bodhicitta. So it's the last moment uh, at that tipping point. It's the, at the direct, the moment of the direct perception of emptiness. While that person is having a direct perception of emptiness, they're bodhisattvas, they have bodhicitta. The bodhicitta they have at that moment, at that time, when the, uh, it, the uninterrupted path is taking place, of, of the path of seeing, for instance, that bodhicitta, while that's taking place, is called ultimate bodhicitta. So it's while that person's seeing emptiness. So you see emptiness again and again. You see it on the path of seeing, then you see it again on the path of meditation, and then there are various um, great of great great of medium, great of small, all these delusions that are abandoned in these various seeings of emptiness. So the bodhicitta you have while you're in that direct perception where nothing else is apprehended is ultimate bodhicitta. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll do the concluding mantra <coughs> offering and dedication prayer. <clears throat> The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak. 
upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, a spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.